Story two, part three of Around the Yule Log by Willis Boyd Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story two, The Shadow of Christmas Present, part three. It must be confessed that for a moment Mr. Broadstreet felt slightly annoyed. Why should that thing be constantly starting up and darkening his cheerful mood? It was bad enough that the shadow should exist without intruding its melancholy length upon people who were enjoying christmas eve he might have indulged in still further discontent when he noticed the head of the shadow figure droop as in sadness he remembered the kind ghost's grief and upbraided himself for his hardness of heart forgive me he said half aloud i was wrong i forgot i will please god brighten this spot and turn away the shadow without further delay he advanced through the gloomy space till he reached the box upon which a large lot of holly wreaths and crosses were displayed he soon completed the purchase of a fine thick fur and sent it together with a roll of evergreens to the toy-shop directed like the parcel to the conductor the owner of the stand was a jovial bright-faced young fellow and it was evident that to him christmas meant only gladness and jollity but the shadow still rested upon mr broadstreet and all the snowy sidewalk about him he was thoroughly puzzled to find its object and had almost begun to consider the whole affair a delusion when his eyes fell upon an odd little man standing in the shelter of the trees and visibly shaking with the cold although his coat was tightly buttoned about his meagre form and his old hat pulled down over his ears as he saw the portly lawyer looking at him he advanced timidly and touched his hat can i carry a bundle for you sir he asked his teeth chattering as he spoke why i'm afraid not said mr broadstreet i've just sent away all my goods the man's face fell he touched his hat again and was humbly turning away when the other laid his hand lightly on his shoulder you seem to be really suffering with the cold my friend he said in such gentle tones that his learned brothers upon the other side would not have recognized it and that's a little too bad for christmas eve christmas christmas shivered the man with a little moan wringing his thin hands what is that to me what is that to a man whose wife is dying for want of tender nursing and wholesome food whose children are growing up to a life of misery and degradation whose own happiness is gone gone so long ago that he has forgotten the feeling of it mr broadstreet patted the shoulder gently come come he said trying to speak cheerily it isn't so bad as that you know times are better and there's plenty of work work cried the man bitterly yes for the friends of the rich for the young and strong for the hopeful but not for me i tell you sir he continued raising his clenched fist until the ragged sleeve fell back and left his long gaunt wrist bare in the biting wind i've walked from end to end of boston day after day answering every advertisement applying for any kind of honourable employment but not even the city will take me to shovel snow in the street and i'm discouraged discouraged to mr broadstreet's dismay the poor fellow suddenly hid his face in his hands and broke down in a tempest of sobs 
ah how dark the shadow was then the storm had ceased but the keen northwest wind still swept the streets filling the air with fine icy particles of snow and driving to their warm homes those who had remained downtown to make their last purchases the man shivered and sobbed by turns and was quite the sport of the wind which was buffeting him with its soft cruel paws when suddenly the world seemed to grow warmer he felt something heavy and soft upon his back and around his neck mechanically thrusting his arms through the sleeves which opened to meet them and looking up in amazement he beheld his new friend standing upon the sidewalk in his dressing-gown a genial smile upon his beaming face and his hand outstretched the lawyer laughed gleefully at his consternation it's all right he said as the discouraged man tried to pull off the ulster and return it to its owner i'm warmer than ever come on let's go home and see your wife and children don't stop to talk and seizing the other by the hand or rather the cuff of his sleeve which was much too long for him he hurried him off snatching a couple of wreaths from the stand as he went by and dropping a half dollar in their place it was a strange experience for the proud lawyer that walk through the dark streets floundering among snowdrifts slipping tumbling scrambling along over icy sidewalks and buried crossings the long-skirted gown flapping about his heels in the most ridiculous way he kept his eyes steadily fixed on the shadow which was always before him now turning down a side street now doubling on itself ever growing more and more distinct and drawing its two followers farther and farther into the lowest quarter of the city the stars were out now and seemed to flicker in the fierce wind like the gaslights upon the street corners mr broadstreet felt curiously warm without his ulster and as light-hearted as a boy as they passed through the most brilliantly lighted streets however he saw much that filled him for the moment with sadness for the shadow now grew enormously large and rested upon many places it brooded darkly over the brilliant saloons that lined the way and that clothed themselves in the very garments of christmas to attract the innocent and foolish so that drawn by the sheen of holly and evergreen and the show of festivities and good cheer they might enter and find their own destruction oftentimes too the shadow flitted along the street in company with some man or woman who to all outward appearance was calm and content with life perhaps even happy one would have said in the black folds of the shadow brutal-faced ruffians hid their blearied eyes houses were draped as in some time of national mourning once the slight pretty figure of a young girl came up wearing the shadow flauntingly about her neck like a scarf she stopped and seemed about to address mr broadstreet with bold words as she met his kind pitying glance however her own eyes fell her lips quivered she drew the shadow about her face and fled alas he could do nothing for such as her unless that gentle fatherly face should come before her again in her solitude and by its silent eloquence lead her to better things while mr broadstreet was peering about for the shadow and taking into his heart the lessons it taught he had not been idle giving a kind word or a bit of money or a pleasant glance wherever the chance offered the shadow now paused before a narrow doorway in a crooked little street 
and the two or rather the three for the shadow went before them entered and mounted the stairway mr broadstreet stumbled several times but the discouraged man went up like one who was well used to the premises as they reached the third landing a voice somewhere near them commenced to sing feebly and they stopped to listen it's annette whispered the discouraged man she's singing for me it was a way she had when we were first married and i used to like it coming home from a hard day's work so she's tried to keep it up ever since do you hear her sir yes mr broadstreet heard her poor poor little thin voice trembling weakly on the high notes and avoiding the low ones altogether it was more like a child's than a woman's and so tired so tired he fumbled in his dressing-gown pocket and turned his head away quite needlessly for it was very dark the two men remained silent for a moment listening to the echo of the gay young voice with which the little bride used to greet her husband she so tender and loving and true he so strong and brave and hopeful for the future and as they listened they caught the words christ was born on christmas day wreath a holly twine the bay carol christmas joyfully the babe the son the holy one of mary that's a new one whispered the discouraged man again delightedly she never sang it before she must have learned it on purpose for to-night there was a weary little pause within the room she wondering perhaps why he didn't come in presently she began again and her voice had grown strangely weak so that they could hardly hear it in the rush of the wind outside the building let the bright red berries glow everywhere in goodly show it died away into a mere whisper and then ceased entirely mr broadstreet hesitated no longer but touched his companion's arm and they both entered she was lying on a rude bed in the corner of the room her eyes closed and her hands folded upon her breast a look of agony swept across the face of her husband as he knelt beside her taking her cold hands ah so thin in his own chafing and kissing them by turns above his head on the whitewashed wall was the word john in large bright letters it was his name she had crept from her bed and traced it with her finger-tip upon the frosty window-pane so that the light from a far-off street lamp shone through the clear lines and thus reproduced them upon the opposite wall just beneath was merry christmas she thought it would please him and seem like a sort of decoration hung there above her bed and now he was kneeling by her side and holding her thin hands perhaps he was more discouraged than ever just then oh shadow shadow could you not have spared him this mr broadstreet hung the wreaths he had brought upon the bedpost and waited helplessly a mist gathered in his eyes so that he could not see the walls of the little dismal chamber wavered to and fro the shadow grew more and more dense until it seemed to assume definite shape the shape of christmas present sitting as before enthroned amidst plenty and good cheer the deep-toned bells in a neighbouring church-tower slowly and solemnly tolled twelve strokes answered by the silver chime of a clock 
the flames of the open fire rose and fell fitfully in mute answer to the blasts of wind that roared about the chimney-top the ghost dwindled rapidly the discouraged man assumed the proportions and appearance of a marble figure under the mantel and mr broadstreet starting up in a fright found himself standing in his own warm room the christmas carol still open at the wonderful picture in his hand the air still vibrated with the last echoes of the midnight bell it was christmas morning not many hours later the glad sun was shining brightly over the white-robed city sprinkling the streets and housetops with diamond dust gleaming upon the golden spires of churches seeking out every dark and unwholesome corner with its noiseless step and dispensing with open hands its bounty of purity and warmth yet the shadow was there even on that fairest of christmas days and mr broadstreet knew it throughout the day he was thoughtful and abstracted and during the following weeks he was observed to act in the most unaccountable manner on snowy evenings he would dodge out of the house without the slightest warning and return shortly after with damp boots and a defeated air upon the street cars mr broadstreet became famous that winter for his obliging manner and pleasant ways with the employees indeed he more than once persisted in remaining on the platform with the conductor at the imminent risk of freezing his ears and nose until he was fairly driven within doors downtown he behaved still more queerly leaving his office long before dark and being discovered in the oddest places imaginable now diving into narrow courts and up steep staircases now plunging into alleyways and no thoroughfares and returning home late to dinner greatly exhausted with little or no money in his pockets in these days too he began to talk about the sufferings of the poor the abuses of the liquor law the need of strong pure women to go among the outcasts of our great troubled city and perform christ-like deeds one bitter cold night he was much later than usual it had been snowing heavily and his wife had begun to worry a little over the absence of her husband when she heard the click of his key in the front door when mr broadstreet entered sprinkled with snow from head to foot what was her amazement to see him standing there with fur cap and gloves and a glowing face but no ulster alonzo alonzo she cried from the head of the stairs what will you forget next where have you left it why said he simply i found the discouraged man and the doctor at the hospital says she'll get well after all End of story two.